0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Just Fade It, a golf podcast where we'll talk pretty much anything and everything golf. Um, I'm your host, my name is Trey Smith, and the pretty, pretty much the, the idea behind Just Fade It is to cover golf in a broad aspect. Um, goals would be to cover some golf travel, different courses, maybe some architecture, Definitely some p g a tour talk um, and just your news that comes from the sport of golf. Um, I'm a young, married, working father, and you know my golf travels may not be as um, you know grand and often as some of your other folks out there, but I love the game as much as anybody, and I'm excited to share my thoughts and insights with you. Um, and yeah, welcome to this first episode. Uh, this week, definitely going to be doing some time uh, talking on the Century Tournament of Champions that wrapped up yesterday, and goodness, what a tournament. Uh, I This has just been since going back to my childhood, playing some Tiger Woods PGA Tour 2006 on my Nintendo GameCube um, and watching uh, Golf Channel in the mornings. I just have always loved this course and this tournament. Um, I'm a huge sports fanatic. Uh, pay attention year-round. You know, big into college football, NBA, um, basketball, baseball. I mean, anything. Um, so I'm, I'm watching sports all year-round. I know to start off my sports calendar when I know that the the uh, Kapalua Golf Tournament is happening. That's just... To me, that's something I look forward to the most for the first sporting event of any kind for the year. Um, Something just is nice about looking out your window and seeing that it's, you know, probably in the 30s or 20s, depending on where you're at. And uh, I'm here in East Tennessee. Um, But then looking at your TV and seeing some guys in the pretty much most beautiful part of the world. Um, just hitting golf shots. I mean it's just it's therapeutic, it's nice especially that it's a, in the evening, you know, you can uh have some dinner, put the kids to sleep and then just plop down on the couch and you know, watch guys like John Rahm do their thing. Um so let's dive into it. Uh Century Tournament of Champions. Um now, lots of different things to break down from this event specifically. Uh, I feel like so much happened, um, but first off, let's just talk about the the presentation and the views. I mean, I have never been one that's, especially growing up on the East Coast, Hawaii's not the most convenient of places, but I, I, I think I've been sold officially. I, I got to get to Hawaii at some point. Um, I even told my wife, I said, listen, uh, 10-year anniversary, how about we go to Hawaii? We're about five and a half years off, but it's in the books. Let's let's uh go ahead and mark it down. But no, unreal. Uh the course looks like it was in excellent shape, excellent condition. Um love the, the mountain views, the fact that Hawaii gets the pretty much best beaches plus amazing mountains together. Just you can tell I'm super jealous. Uh, but anyways, it just looked, it popped on the on the TV screen. As far as coverage goes, I wasn't able to pay attention enough each round to see if there were some real issues with coverage. But I will say from my overall experience watching the, the bits and pieces from each round from Thursday to Sunday, no, not really complaining much uh, about coverage. So I was kind of uh, impressed with that. Uh, we'll see. They might just be off to a hot start and it could fade a little throughout the year. Um, but I know this is bad radio. Plan to get this out a little earlier. But my I made some pre tournament picks, okay, I picked John Rom to be the winner, and I had a dark horse pick for some reason. Stuart Sink was calling out to me um not sure why I just loved the season that he had last year, and uh the reasons behind my pick for rom, I knew that this is a kind of course where length is a huge advantage, right um but I also felt like it's all it's a it's a course that's it's not your it's not your drive and shoot kind of, uh, kind of course. It's not a, a aim and just you know hit. It re- requires some creativity. Looking at some of the winners and people who have come out with some wins here, you know, Spieth comes to mind. Um, he's someone that can uh, kind of you know create some shots in his mind. Same with, I mean, when all when all of us think of Kapilu, we really think of Bubba Johnson or Bubba. I'm sorry, Watson. Hitting a driver off the deck to the 18th green. Um, the most creative shot that I can think of, really, outside of what he did at Augusta. But so I'm thinking of somebody that has some creativity to their game, but also has power. To me, the essence of all of those things is John Ron. We all know he's a powerful golfer, but especially when you hear him break down post round or on even some long interviews, you can tell this guy is a creative golfer. He's not just a, a, a machine. He's not a a robot trying to nail everything down with statistics. He's not your Bryson. He's got a lot of creativity to his game. You know, seems like all the Spanish greats have that quality. Um, So that was my reasoning behind Rom, And I almost got a win with him. However, our guy from down under, Cam Smith, coming in just with a blazing, blazing hot week. And I'll tell you, we all know that Cam Smith is a, an amazing putter. Like we we know that we we've seen him display it in in tournaments. But what caught me off guard was the dude's driving. Cam Smith was driving just. I mean, especially when you watch those last two rounds when he's paired with Rom, you're expecting to see Rom's shot just towering over Cam Smith's drives, and that just wasn't the case. In fact, when you check out um, the statistics around the tournament, Cam Smith was T4th, no, 4th place in driving distance for the tournament. 4th place. Again, maybe this is just something that I didn't realize, that Cam Smith was a a pretty long driver. But knowing that he is such a great putter, I just expected him to be... (laughs) a little bit shorter off the tee. And I think that's just kind of something that we all kind of do. Like when we peg somebody as, okay, for example, Dustin Johnson for a decade now has been pegged as just a bomber, okay? And so when everybody has it in their mind that he is a bomber, he's a long drive dude, you automatically just expect him to not be that great around the greens. But it's the opposite. He's, He's amazing around the greens. But because you have this vision in your mind of just some guy that just gets up there and smashes golf balls you don't think he's got the touch and that's kind of the opposite effect with cam smith i know he's an amazing putter and because of that i just probably dwelled on it too much that i didn't even take into consideration that he's or look to see how well he drives the ball um and it showed goodness at at this tournament uh averaged 302 yards off the tee this week um and this is super interesting to me John Rahm averaged 296 off the tee. I mean, you may not think that that's a huge difference, but one, I'm surprised that Cam is shorter for this tournament specifically than Rahm. And by that, I mean, that's a decent amount when you see how closely these guys are grouped together in yardage. Um, And then even, you know, if we want to go further, look at uh, Jason Kokrak, for example. He's a guy that we all kind of know is... He's known to be a long driver, okay? Finished 33rd out of 38 people for driving distance uh, at 283.4 yards. So Cam Smith (laughs) finishing in fourth for driving distance at 302.6 yards is a shocker, and I think that's the key. I mean, of course, the dude gained strokes out the wazoo on the green, but the fact that he could do that on the green plus – have the driving week that he had. That's why he won this tournament. And uh, it's just so cool to see. And, man, I'm going to be watching out for him. I know this is this is Kapalua. It's the beginning of the year. But I really, I think there might be something here with Cam, and I, I'm really excited to see how he handles the rest of the, the season. In particular, uh, Augusta with, you know, we know what he did back in 2020 when uh, DJ won the the only fall uh, Masters Tournament, um, but Cam Smith, you know, that's kind of when we all, a lot of us that aren't completely in the weeds, discovered who he was and um, and what he's capable of. So I, I did want to pose the question here, should the Century Tournament of Champions just be a WGC? Again, not done much research behind this, but I'm thinking, okay, it's a no-cut event, WGC same way. Limited field, and not only is it a limited field, but it's a, a limited field of winners from the prior season. So it's not like a bunch of guys out here, it's not your Barbasol lineup, right? This is a bunch of heavy hitters from top to bottom, guys that have won events. And so, uh, I you know, I actually let's see here when we get to the first WG, WGC of the year. Um, I, I think it is it Mexico we'll get some uh, I'll get IT on that but uh we'll we'll look and see I would love to compare the strength of field with the century once that tournament um comes up and and really see it wouldn't be surprised honestly if uh the uh century had a stronger field than the first WGC but just uh just a fun thought there secondly you know who is Matt Jones this guy didn't really see him much um I'm not sure if he was even covered much at all, just with the fact that John Rom, world number one, was <laughs> in the hunt. So most cameras are going to be on him. But uh, and then you know with JT doing his thing on Thursday, um, but didn't really see him. And then he just comes the on the weekend. Matt Jones on fire. I know he won a tournament last year, and I I'm sad to say that I've already forgotten what it was. Um, but my knowledge of this guy is pretty much zero. I know he's Australian. I know he won a tournament last year. I know Australians do really well at the Century Tournament of Champions, which is pretty interesting to me. I I know they keep saying, you know, um, they, they, they mentioned that a million times in the broadcast, but I wonder specifically what that is. I mean, Kapalua is a super hilly golf course. The terrain is, you know, undulating all throughout, and I know that Australian golf, for the most part, is. I mean, we know, all know the sand belt um, and it's super sandy soil, which makes for excellent golf courses. But is that the same with Kapalua? To me, I feel like the underneath of the, the golf course there is more of a rocky terrain, but I could be wrong. Interesting that Australians always do well. But uh, the Honda Classic, that's what he won in 2021. Okay. Um, okay, I remember that now. 41 years old. So, uh, interesting. He's only got two PGA Tour wins. Uh, He's won at the Shell Houston Open in 2014 and then the Honda Classic last year. And then, you know, he did his thing yesterday. Um, But, yeah, really uh, did not see that one coming. Um, And, you know, don't know much about the guy. But um, it was awesome to see see him, uh, you know, continue maybe the hot streak that he started last year. And uh kind of bring that on into this season. Um, I love seeing some guys that have just been on the tour, grinding it out for years, don't have the they don't have the wins that some of these greats do, but they stick with it and, and then they show up against some of the best the best golfers in the world, uh like at a tournament at the century, and then come in and uh what was he, uh, second or third? I mean a really impressive uh performance by Matt Jones. Now one of the big takeaways from this tournament for me was that Cantlay, Patrick Cantlay, Patty Ice, whatever, is still hot after a long break. You know, they brought it up many times. Cantlay took off several months. This is his first tournament in a while. And he comes out and, uh, let's see, what did he finish? Let me get the leaderboard up here. I know, bad radio. Apologize. What was he? Fourth, fifth? Yeah. Uh, solo fourth uh, at 2,600. Um, okay, I'll admit, Cantlay is one of my favorite golfers on tour. There's just something about the guy that just screams killer. Like he just goes for the throat in certain tournaments. Not the majors yet for some reason, but uh, I'm really hoping that this season um, is a different story uh, for the majors and Patrick Cantlay than last year. Um, but Man, I loved loved seeing him. Pretty much, you know, look like he's back in his normal form uh, already at, at the first tournament of the year. So, love to see it. And for those of you that don't know, I mean, one of the interesting things I've learned about the guy is just his injury history and all that he has to do to prepare for a tournament with his bad uh, back. Um, I feel like there's a lot of guys. I mean, you end up hearing as they get older. A lot of tour pros have bad backs, but you know a lot of these dudes that are young, like your Hovland and uh, Morikawa, you know they're in their early mid twenties. They could just show up to a tournament, not probably doing any stretches, and and play just fine. I mean, who knows? They may have some issues that I'm not aware of, but that's definitely not the case for our guy Patrick Cantlay, who is still in his twenties, but has probably got the body, uh, or at least the body pains of a uh, maybe a sixty year old man. So. Uh, definitely love to see that he's able to get back and, and play and have an amazing round like this. Uh, I could watch that guy just like Cam Smith, but I could watch <laughs> I could watch Cantlay putt um, all day long. Give me give me just replays of Cantlay and Cam Smith on the greens, and I would watch that ten times out of ten over you know Bryson or you know different long drivers hitting off the tee. I mean, I, I just one I love actually tracking the ball. But it's just something about watching guys that are just amazing putters just fill it up. Um, just such a such a cool thing to watch, um, and mainly just because I you know I I can't do it. So, um, but yeah, definitely would love to see Can'tley follow up his amazing season last year with the you know the asterisk on uh, Memorial, getting that kind of uh, handshake victory from John Rahm and his absence in the in the majors still excellent season in 2021 would love to see him come out and do the same thing another guy that was talked about a good bit this week whether it be for good or bad is our guy Justin Thomas not not really my guy for some reason not always been the biggest fan of Justin Thomas um background on me i'm a diehard tennessee volunteers college football basketball whatever fan we know that uh JT went to uh Alabama but you know not holding that much against him just never really I don't know bought into all the hype it just seems like he's for the for golf media he seems to be the the favorite out of all this you know sub 30 group of golfers um 30 years old and so yeah I don't know kind of zagged on that he's not been my favorite and uh definitely feel like he was fading coming out of last season. Uh I he, yeah, he won the players championship which is outside of the majors. That's the tournament to win. But I definitely feel like he he had a I mean, he's even admitted it in interviews. He had a bad year last year. And he 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 says that he had a terrible season pretty much. But I you know, a lot of people were saying he's going to bounce back and have a a really hot season in 2022. I'm not certain that that is uh how I feel. I know that he went out and uh broke the course record um and then, you know, a couple other guys tied him later, but um he also shot a 74 on the first round of the day uh, of the week and his putting's a problem and it has been for a while. We know that he's a ball striking fiend and uh is just, you know, he can hit some shots that maybe no one else can hit on tour but his his putting is is an issue and uh we saw that on thursday you know he was able to do some amazing things they showed that one stat that i actually really liked in the coverage that no one has had more um like pretty much no one has gone low as frequently like extremely low as frequently as him uh especially at this age like ever um even more so than Tiger Woods i think it was like sub 62 uh rounds um so he's he's unreal and he's able to just shoot scores that no one else can shoot but the the fact of putting it all together and having a a four four round you know great showing i mean in a big tournament we'll see if he can do it um he did it you know pulled out the players championship but i think we all saw him win the uh the PGA in 2018 and we're just all right this is what <laughs> this is what it's going to be this guy's going to maybe crank out one every other season one a year no it's not been the case um in the majors so really curious to see what he does this season Justin Thomas um another thing i noted from the tournament uh was daniel berger which gosh maybe I know he has a great performance all the time, and then we're always like, ah, oh, dude, this guy's the most underrated golfer. Like, what? I mean, why don't we talk about Berger more? And then the next turnup comes around, he'll have the top 10. We're like, geez, this guy, so underrated. He's going to continue. Maybe it's because of his name. <laughs> he just doesn't have a flashy name, and he's got a really just awkward-looking swing. But the dude, the dude is just playing his, his, his I mean, best golf probably of his career. Just, his 2020 season through 2021 and now doing this, he's just on fire. Uh, but one thing I noted though, is he missed uh, the the putt on 18 to uh, go to T4 and he finished T5 because I, th- I think he bogeyed 18. But the first thing that the guys on coverage mi- uh, noted was, I, <laughs> I, I don't have the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of, uh, gosh, that's uh, a lot of FedEx, comp- FedEx cut points that he just uh, missed out on there with that missed putt, and nobody, nobody, not even the CEO of FedEx, uh, is wondering how many FedEx cut points that he, he missed out on by not making that par putt. We all would love to know, though, how much money he missed out on from missing that putt. I would love to. I know many people have talked about it over the years. It would be sweet to see that um, on the TV screen whenever someone misses a putt or before they take the putt, let us know what this putt is worth in dollars, cause that is I mean, that is something that we as lay golfers have no idea what it's like to play under that kind of pressure. Um, but uh definitely thought that was funny though. First thing that they mentioned is the FedEx cut points there. But um also thought it was funny they they had the graphic of last year's big winners they showed You know, all the uh, major winners, they had the PGA Championship, or I mean the Players Championship, Um, and then right alongside all of that, they had Patrick Cantlay as the FedEx Cup champion, so not sure all of us fans hold that in the same regard, but uh, yeah, that's another conversation for another day, Um, but I will say the golfer that I was the most disappointed in coming into, or actually, you know, finishing the week to me is Victor Hovland. Uh I expected him honestly, like I was thinking a top five. Uh Hovland's been hot. Uh I think he is an insane, insane talent. I, I love the dude. Uh his personality probably mostly. He's just always just cheesing um on the golf course. Um, just a good interview. And uh but yeah, finished T thirtieth, um, fourteen under. So yeah, I was definitely, and I know there were some issues with his golf clubs getting to, and his equipment getting to Hawaii, Um, so I'm not quite sure if he ever ended up playing with his actual, like, personal clubs, but, uh, and this isn't the first time something like that's happened to him, but the last time it happened, I think he won uh, without his real driver, so anyways, a little surprised out of him, I think he even had a really good first round, just uh, couldn't uh, put it all together. Um, But yeah, I don't expect to see Hovland uh, at T30th a lot this year. Definitely see him winning another, at least one more in the 2022 season. Would love to see Victor come out with a major. He's just, out of the really young golfers, you know, like when him and Wolf and uh, Morikawa came on tour, he was the one that uh, I was kind of drawn to the most. seems like initially Wolf was everyone's favorite just because of his just funky swing and he's kind of a motor mouth (laughs) and uh Morikawa is just kind of I don't know just kind of vanilla to me just kind of bland and I know he's great he's an unreal talent but uh Hovland to me just seems like just a guy that you would love to you know go play nine holes with (laughs) and just chat it up with and he just seems like a funny guy but um some fun hypothetical questions here uh the first one I got could Kapalua host a major? Now, I, this is never going to happen because uh, you know major tournaments we want low scores. I mean, low to par. You know, we want uh, people finishing around U- U.S. Open. We we love seeing people finish over par. Not sure if that's ever going to happen again. PGA Championship is, uh, you know, they're showing some pretty hard scores and courses, but just the idea. I mean, really, because it's so beautiful to look at um, when you're sitting on you know your couch watching your TV. There's probably not another course that you would want to see mostly just from a, a views perspective than Kapalua. Um, I'm sure the players and their families would all be on board with coming back there for another season. But it made me wonder, though, like could a course like this that that tour players just torch every year, but they love it so much, too. That's the thing. It, it doesn't it's never the narrative that just god oh, Kapaloo is just getting beat up it's the the narrative is well that's just how they play here you know it's a resort course um you know the the balls you know the drives run out forever um and but you know maybe if there's a really windy week the scores maybe could be in the teens you never know but it made me wonder what is uh, a a course that maybe some of you guys would love to see that's never in the major rotation and maybe some courses that just kind of get torched (laughs) every year uh, by the players and they're able to go extremely low on. But would we ever see a course like that in a, in the major rotation? Um, Second question, hypothetical, will Cam Smith take up residency in Hawaii? (laughs) I know he won, he's won the Sony before he's now won uh, the uh, century at Kapalua and We've got guys like Stuart Appleby, Jeff Ogilvy winning uh, this uh, at Kapalua before. It just seems like Australians and our guy uh, that uh, I've already forgotten his name because he's that uh, memorable, Matt Jones, finishing uh, top three. You know, Australian, the Aussies. They just love some Hawaii golf. Uh, could we see uh, like an old school? How that back in like the in the fifties, the the big time PGA players, they had kind of like a of course like who was it sam sneed he was like he you know slamming sam sneed won so many events but he also was the resident pro at the greenbrier in west virginia how how hilarious would it be if uh cam smith just took up residency um was the uh you know resort pro there at uh Kapalua in the ritz carlton uh, wouldn't be surprised seems like that uh, island gives him some uh, some good juju um but yeah that's that's most of what I've got for, for uh, the Century Tournament of Champions. Um, you know, I'm just, gosh, coming out of uh, Christmas break, so pumped for some 2022 golf. This is the first real tournament of the year, and I'll I'll say I am an I'm just a huge, huge fan and supporter of the new shift in the PGA Tour scheduling. I love that this this first little. I guess quarter of the year is just insane. Every week is m- can't miss golf, and it seems like before you uh, can even lift your head up, they're playing uh, a <laughs> they're playing uh, TPC Sawgrass, and then before you can know it, they're in Augusta, and then a month the month in between a major to me is genius. I love that it it just keeps the pace up, um, and it keeps the attention from the fans on the on the on the tour. I feel like prior now when we look back, there was just a lot of dead time when people weren't really wanting to pay attention. It was just kind of dry. That's kind of how it is with the wraparound season, which not a huge fan of. I I honestly forgot that Rory won a tournament, um, won the Zozo just because that, that whole time of year for golf is just a a blind spot for me. I tend to, to turn off my focus, but now that it's January, literally it is must watch golf every single week. And, uh, Seriously, we're gonna be watching those guys hit a, a number seventeen at Sawgrass in no time. I think it's like seven weeks away or something crazy like that, or maybe maybe not that long. But anyways, we've got the California West Coast swing coming up soon. Um, yeah, just super pumped for this season. Um, definitely hoping to see some uh, great golf out of uh, some of my personal favorite golfers. Um, your Patrick Cantlay might have risen eh, risen to the top, maybe not the Top of my favorite players list. Uh, he's up there. I love Brooks Kepka. Not as much his personality. I don't think he would be the best hang, but uh, just love his playing style. When he's on, to me, he's the most fun golfer to watch on the tour. So, uh, yeah, excited for this season. Excited to finally get this podcast up and running. Um, not going to probably break down every single tournament, but some of these that are, uh, you know, our annual favorites would love to to do a little recap on maybe get some guests on here and then eventually we we'll want to branch out to talk more topics in the game of golf um like some travel uh different golf course specific pods um but yeah love to i'm, I'm have you guys interact um we're on Instagram at just fade it that's our that's our Instagram account and uh yeah excited to see where this takes us and uh excited to see where where uh, this grows, but um, yeah, thank you so much for joining in, and uh, yeah, until next time, bye.